0: I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. Have you ever thought, gosh, I'd love to start my own radio or podcast, but I have no idea how to do it? Or are you a seasoned veteran who wants to level up and improve all aspects of your show? Well, I will be working with a select few to help you either start or polish your show. These are a few topics I will teach you. How to create your brand and how to be specific with your niche and your audience. The types of equipment you should use to help you improve the quality of your audio and your video. I'll teach you how to get your show aired on most podcasting platforms, as well as give you an option to create a video podcast. I'll teach you which recording platforms are best for your needs, as well as teach you the importance of having a show clock. The do's and don'ts of writing your own show notes that will help increase the reach of your audience and generate traffic to your website. I'll also introduce you to some of my contacts and previous guests. I'll also be offering a select few the opportunity to broadcast your show on my platform and have access to my three and a half million listeners. So if you're ready to start or level up your show, then visit www.jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash workwithjames and sign up today. It's time, my friend, for you to stand out and share your message with the world. Once again, visit www.jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash workwithjames to get started today. My guest today is Jane Hyatt, who's a co-founder and president of Father's Care, which is a nonprofit, nonsectarian non-sectarian, humanitarian organization that works with at-risk children in Kiev, Ukraine. In her role as president, Jane mentors a team of 31 Ukrainians, developing them through leadership and vision. In today's episode, Jane talks about the work Father's Care is doing to help save and protect the orphans in war-torn Ukraine. Find out how you can support and help raise funds to heal at-risk and wounded children in the Ukraine and restore them to their families. Welcome to Lifeology.
1: Thank you. Good to be with you.
0: I am really looking forward to this. You and I had a wonderful talk in the pre-call and I'm, I can't wait to hear more about your backstory, how you mm-hmm. started uh, father's care and what you, what you all are doing to help these, these children. So with that mm-hmm. in mind, walk me through that. How did you, how did you even come into this world as far as working with father's care, or even starting father's care?
1: Well, I've been living in Ukraine since 1994. And uh, there was a ton of kids on the street at that time I, the government estimates mm-hmm. over 100, 150000 mm. uh, and you'd go to the outdoor markets because we didn't have grocery stores like you do Publix and Kroger mm-hmm. and all that here in the States. Uh, go to these markets, and kids would pull on your shorts or your shirt, and they'd be begging for uh, bread or milk or something. So uh, Barbara and I just began to do some investigating to find out why are they on the street? What's going on? Uh, Mm -hmm. So we opened up a a soup kitchen at the beginning. I almost switched into Russian. Sorry about that. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Opened up a soup kitchen to begin with and uh, kept feeding them every day at four o'clock in one particular neighborhood. And we had probably, I'd say, close to 450, 600 kids that we eventually got to know uh, that would come to get a hot meal Uh, and hearing their stories and why. So Mm -hmm. bottom line is when the Soviet Union fell apart in 1991, Mm -hmm. Ukraine Mm -hmm. gained their independence, Mm -hmm. August 24th of 91. Many of the families lost everything that they had. And that created a huge poverty situation. And they turned to alcohol, which was much cheaper than buying milk, even at the time. So uh, what ended up happening was kids were neglected. They didn't have anything to do. And they went out on the streets and they sniffed glue to hide their hunger or you know give them mm. uh, courage to be brave on the street and uh, our whole goal at the beginning was to have restoration of family to put the kids back yeah. into the families mm. and see the family become a unit again so that's basically how it got started and we started it in 1998 and it's been going wow ever since.
0: Yeah. wow that is incredible so when you first went over there were you already living there or you just happened to be there with we said barbara i think it was we already living yep. there
1: yeah, Barbara's the other co-founder. Uh, oh, she okay. was already living there, uh, and uh, I went over to assist with a church plant. Uh, okay, that's what I went over there for. But then saw this mm-hmm. huge need, and the burden just shifted to helping the children. And it's, here wow. we are today, still doing These it. Father's care. Yeah.
0: Now, a lot of things, like I was telling you in the pre-call that I, in my field in psychology, I've worked in pretty much every setting you can think of. I worked in with foster, foster kids as well. And the whole goal of, of the foster care system is to reunite a child with a family member, hopefully the, the parents, right. the biological parent, if that is applicable, if that's the healthy choice. So it sounds like right. that's the same thing for you as well is to the reunification of children with their families and to probably create wraparound services of sorts to help them if there's any addictions yeah. or any parenting problems. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We try to put them back, first of all, in their biological family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, we have a, a a great team. We have uh, my degrees in psychology and uh, oh, we have. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. So we have a, a common thread there, James. We do. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, we have social workers. And uh, our director is also a psychologist, and we have a psychologist on staff, a couple of them. And we work Mm -hmm. together with the families. Like, for example, if a family is really struggling and they see that family and children's services might be removing their child from the home, they might come to us and say, help me. So we would tell them, sure, we'll help you. You do this. We have a checklist. Uh And we'll do this and most of the times hmm. it's helping the parents go to a rehab center and get themselves yeah. off of whatever they're addicted to but we've put 500 kids back in their biological families
0: that's in, amazing
1: in the amazing last thing. 20 years so and and several kids in foster families uh and 24 international adoptions so wow yeah yeah but we that, don't that's, facilitate that's, adoption it's done by the government uh sure oh, okay. so yeah but it's been, it's been a good thing to see all these kids get back into families. Yeah, it really that's, is. That's I mean,
0: part that's the whole, yeah, exactly. I mean, the whole goal is, is the reunification. I mean, the healing aspect of uh, the familial system, familial system yeah. which I think is fantastic. You all do that. Yeah. So it's great though, because if a family member comes and says, can you help us? Right. And that right there shows me uh, what, from what I'm hearing is that they, they really want this. They know they're struggling and they'll do anything they can for the most part right. to be able to reunify and to get the help they need so that they can keep their children in. And unfortunately, right. there are certain situations where that some parents aren't able to realize that, but that's great that you can help them, offer those services for them yeah, to be able to yeah. get the help that, that they need. Yeah,
1: yeah, there have been families that, that uh, there was just no hope for whatsoever, none. Uh, yeah. And that's always a sad thing, especially for the children, because there's that heart thing with the child and the mother. Uh, it's there with the mm-hmm. dad too, but there's just
0: sure. yeah. there's,
1: there's, there's, a, there's just a cord with the mom that I don't think ever gets severed. And it's really sure. heartbreaking to see that uh, to have to tell a child um, there's no hope.
0: Oh my um, gosh. I can't imagine that. I mean, that just breaks my heart hearing that because to uh, hear that, you know, like you said, that's, oh, that would not want to be my rule. I mean, cause it's, that would be devastating. How do is yes, being in the psychology field, if you've had to do that, how, how do you deal with that when you have to tell a child? There's oh no hope gosh,
1: that is, it, it's so painful uh Hmm. to tell them that you know the rights have been terminated your mom doesn't want to change it's a process you can't just dump the whole thing on him at one time it takes depending on the child on where they are emotionally it may take a month to get them to that place Uh, but it's and then you've got to really watch them and and spend time with them and pray for them i mean we pray Mm -hmm. a lot with kids uh prayer is a good thing and Uh, get them interested in thinking about having another family. And sometimes they'll come to that realization themselves. There was one girl I remember. She Mm. came to me and she said, I don't have any hope of ever being with my mother. And I, well, where'd you get that idea? Well, it's been a year and she hasn't changed. Wow. So this is, this is a nine year old child who came to her own conclusion. and, And you're wondering Gosh, where did she get that understanding? Yes. Uh, so, but praise the Lord, she and her brother were adopted by a Ukrainian family, and oh, they're in a home. Yeah. They're in a family now. So oh, that's, that's exciting. It's an exciting. What's thing.
0: the age range? What's the age range of, of the population of your children there?
1: Oh, our kids. The uh, youngest right now is six, and the oldest mm-hmm. is sixteen. We
0: oh, don't wow, go okay. any young.
1: Yeah, we don't go any younger than five because uh, mm-hmm. it's a whole different ball game. It is with it fi- is. with as you well know, mm-hmm. for and under, mm-hmm. and not to mention facilities have to be different. Sure, uh, yeah, it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah,
0: wow. Yeah, where do you where do you mainly get your funding from?
1: Our funding comes from well, people like yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, we are an NGO, uh, so we're not mm-hmm. supported by any major large organization. And what's important for me to say it may not be important for people to hear, but it's important for me to say. Uh, I take zero from father's care. I'm totally funded by another uh, 501c3 and Barbara as well. Uh, we had we an had wow. audit done on our stuff, and 99.2% of the funds that comes to us goes for the children. That 0.8% pays for bank fees and postage to send uh, tax letters at the end of the year. But it comes from just individuals all over the world who have yeah. a heart for children and a heart for families.
0: Mm -hmm. I appreciate your authenticity and your transparency on that. We'll be right back after this brief public service announcement. When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for kids, teens, or young adults. It's just not.
1: Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs.
0: And dangerous things like metals and volatile organic compounds into your body.
1: And nicotine the same highly addictive substance found in
0: regular cigarettes. Nicotine can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s.
1: Affecting learning, memory, attention, and impulse control, and priming the brain for other addictions. Vaping products also come in kid-friendly flavors that can make them
0: appealing to youth.
1: And many kids also use other drugs, like marijuana, in vaping devices.
0: With appealing flavors, high nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media.
1: Many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not.
0: So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping, because when you talk, they hear you.
1: For more information, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov.
0: For those listening right now, I'm talking with uh, Jane Hyatt, who is a co-founder of Father's Care, and her Her um, organization works with children in Ukraine in in orphanages. And so right now we are in 2002, April 14th of 2000, excuse me, 2022. And so since this show will syndicate multiple platforms in the future, this is the time we're talking about that. So it's a timestamp that I do want to use to, to help people realize that right now, unfortunately, that war is going on. Can you tell us a little bit about that as well for... I mean, I know you right now you're currently in the States right now, and I know, I know you're, of course, your staff and the workers are, are over there. Can you walk us through some of the things that, that everyone's experiencing over there?
1: Well, I can. Uh, when I, got, I left the country on a planned trip just a few days before the war started, about a week or so before the war started. Hmm. Uh, and then when it started, uh, our kids had to go to a bomb shelter. Thankfully, it was right across the street in the basement of a school, uh, along with oh. another 450 people in the area. Where we live, but they were there for ten days underground, mm. uh, no air, no nothing, just but no we facilities, had, of course. Uh, well, no, not, not really, not much. No showers. Mm. Imagine how pungent that was with all those people. Sure. <laughs> but yes. um, we had made some contingency plans when the the border buildup was happening, and we had purchased uh, a lot of food ahead of time. Not thinking that we would have to evacuate, uh, we also purchased a, a lot of MREs, uh, mm-hmm. m- military ration kits, and yeah. So thankfully we had that because that's what the kids survived on for those ten mm-hmm. days underground. Then then we were able to, uh, through a, a network of communications, get them out of the country and on a train there wow. right now in Germany. Uh, with oh, eight goodness. of our eight with okay. eight of our staff because uh, our area is our our territory and our property is right at 15 minutes from Butcha. And I know you've heard a lot about Butcha mm-hmm. on the news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and the village next wow. to us actually has no utilities. So thankfully it stopped there. Uh, we have a large property of eight buildings and 12 acres. So wow. thankfully everything's in pretty good shape the buildings are all still standing but the kids are in Germany and they're thriving and doing well and I hope to be going over there next month the same.
0: Oh, I hope you can as Can't well. Wait. You know to, <laughs> for for those of us in the in the western world and for I'm, I'm in the United States right now. You know to hear you say that we went across to a war bunker or bunker in general that's of course there are that in the United States but that's not something we ever really have to think about or have to utilize, and it's such an no. interesting juxtaposition no. or comparison between that what has to be done over there versus some of the things we experience over here in the, in the U.S. And I'm, I'm sure for many people hearing that, you know, wow, you're you're in the bunker, but to have to live that, I, I can't imagine, you know, as a, not only as, as an adult, but as a child having to go through the terror of what that's like. Can you talk talk about some of the 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 fallout, if you will, the struggles that the children yeah. are having from from the
1: war? Yeah, some of that. Uh, uh, One thing, uh, you know, even though you're in the bunker, you still hear the explosions of the mortars and et cetera and the shelling that's going on. Um, They have learned the difference between the sound of a Russian mortar and a Ukrainian mortar. And they they would know that, oh, that's ours. Oh, no, that's them. Uh, Plus, they also learned uh, how to lie in a trench if you have to, if they couldn't get to the bunker. I mean, what six-year-old child needs to mm. learn something like that? Oh but gosh. they had a meltdown last week. Uh, all Mostly the girls uh, were all crying, uh, wanting to go home. And their big question to the staff was, why do the Russians hate us? Why? Why are mm. they hurting us? We just want to go home. And I'm sure that's the sentiment of many people. I mean, I've been there 28 mm-hmm. years. I want to go home. And it's it's like yeah. home for me <laughs>
0: yeah sure, uh,
1: so it's been it's been difficult, and it's going to take a while uh, When I go over there, I plan to work with the kids on the trauma and just get them to talk about what they felt mm-hmm. and everybody together in a group, and yes. they'll underst- and understand where they're coming from because mm-hmm. that pain that's in their heart, as you well know, will stay there until you can talk about that's it well. and get it out. So I want them to be able to talk about it and get it out. I tell them, some of the boys will cry and I'll say, you know, that's okay. You can cry. (laughs) Just (laughs) imagine this. When you cry, one tear is one piece of pain coming out of your heart. And that leaves an an open space for love to come in.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's a beautiful refrain.
1: Oh, it's okay to cry. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah. So I'm looking forward wow. to going over and seeing them and, and working with them and spending some time with them and with the team as well. I mean, mm-hmm. as you well know, we all handle trauma in different ways. Some yes. people can have meltdowns. Some people can get angry. It's a, it's an ugly thing. And I can't imagine how the rebuilding of Ukraine is going to be once Russia gets mm. the heck out of there.
0: Yeah. Which we yeah. Hope that soon. Say, I, sure. Of course. The You know, not only is it the reunification of children as your parents are trying to get better, but now with the war, I mean, who knows how many casualties have happened, or that's not even an option now. So regardless of how much the parents have tried, and now yeah. we don't even know. I mean, I, I'm sure you know. Yeah. The, of course, you know the casualties much more than I do, and even yeah. how that affects the your your kids in, in the orphanage. I um, yeah. have anything like that happened, where unfortunately some of the parents have passed away from the that no. you know of. At least I'm sure it has.
1: We have not heard about parents yet. We do know of uh, one sibling group that their older brother who served in the military was killed. Uh, mm. uh, yeah, and he was only 22 years old. Oh, so young. Uh, so wow. I don't know about parents. Uh, some parents, most of our kids that we have are social orphans. By that meaning, okay. they still have a parent The parental rights have mm-hmm. been suspended mm-hmm. or terminated. Mm-hmm. But most of our kids that are in Germany have spoken with their parents. Not all of them, but okay. some of them. Okay.
0: Good. Okay. Uh, so they so know some parents are there. still
1: alive and most of the uh, mothers are in Poland. Uh, but mm-hmm. there are some that we don't know. We don't know. I still wow. have, uh, we only have eight staff in Germany and I, we still have another uh, 27 that are in Ukraine, mostly in the southwestern oh part of the country. Uh, but yeah, I had to escape and get to mm. a place of safety. So. Yeah.
0: What are some of the initiatives that father's house or me, father's care is going to be doing to once once you're able to go back there once you're able to re- return to mm-hmm. to Kiev, what, what are some of the initiatives and things that will be a little bit different for you all as you rebuild? Well,
1: it? yeah well initially we're going to have to repair a whole lot of windows on our property Make sure. uh, and some doors yeah we got a lot of broken glass from the vibrations from the mortars so we're going to get the place livable. Uh, mm-hmm. get it stocked up, and then we'll bring the kids back from Germany and work with them. But we also want to work with our neighbors, our surrounding neighbors, because uh, sure. uh, Hostamel is, is just five minutes from us. And another village that's right next to us, uh, Gorinka, uh, people there are suffering. And that's basically a pensioners' village. There's a lot of older people. So we're going to reach out. Mm. Uh, our goal right now sure. is we're trying to raise 500000 Uh, to help our kids and to help neighbors. Plus we have several people on our staff whose apartments have been severely damaged. A couple of them are, the buildings are no more. Uh, Hmm. So we want to help them get relocated to a new apartment. And, you know, someone said, well, what's that going to take? I said, well, go into your apartment, look around at everything that you have and imagine that it's all gone. That's what it's going to take. So that's why we're trying to raise these funds to help other people and to get the, mm-hmm. get the, get things back on an even keel yeah of
0: course and i love the community the community aspect as well that you're doing and not right. only taking care of your of the children but you also take care of the, the workers your staff but also the community aspect right. because a a culture can't be healed unless all parties are a part of that and so even exactly. though you're in a nuclear aspect of of the orphanage but the whole aspect of the community is what it takes to to rebuild and to to regrow and learn together, because unfortunately, with with trauma like this, the the aspect of when people come together, that's how the community truly grows, because there is such a commonality there. I know in the U.S. Um, when when the um, and for nine eleven, how that really bonded mm-hmm, the community mm-hmm. or the, the U.S. in such a very strong way, and that's something that, regardless of political affiliations, etc., that people can still, when they think back on that, there is a unification there. So, unfortunately, right. it's taking something like this. Um, not taking something like this, but unfortunately, something like this is going to cause that 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 connection in the community. And I'm so glad that Father's Care is at the forefront of that as well.
1: Yeah, I, that's that's a very strong element of the Ukrainian culture, uh, as e- evident by how they fought off the Russians and and come together. Yeah. Um, we have always been very community minded. We'll do community service projects, go clean up the lake, go pick up trash, just to teach mm-hmm. kids to be good community citizens. We've even gone to the next door village and helped older people rake their yards when they're full of leaves in in the fall and that kind of thing. But the Ukrainian culture, I mean, they are beautiful people. Uh, Once they they become your dear friend, they will do anything for you. Mm. I mean, seriously, I have some friends that I could call that that they would help me in a New York second. Um, That's just the beauty of the Ukrainian culture. They're beautiful, beautiful people. uh, yeah, love the country as you can probably tell. Passionate yes, about Yes, I them.
0: know. <laughs> you certainly are, and rightly so. <laughs> with I, with uh, with Father Scare, are you also wanting to expand as well? So obviously, once things settle down, are you looking to expand in different ways?
1: Yes, uh, we are. We were in the process before all this happened of changing one of our buildings into an actual family house where we'll have house parents huh? live on our property. Uh, with kids, and the other half of the building uh, was going to is going to be it's not was is going to be okay. a family training center. Uh, we believe Wonderful. a lot in a process called TBRI, which is called trust-based relational intervention and one of the biggest problems why the parents lose their kids' rights is they don't know how to be parents if they mm. grew up from pa- families that were dysfunctional that's what they've seen modeled so we model what we lived and so they model that to their kids so we have trainers uh barbara is one our director jana is one uh i am one to actually train the families and it'll be a center where there'll be actual living experiences you know cooking a meal doing oh, okay. something. Yes. Where the parents come in and their child comes in and you supervise them and you work with them to get them back together. That so we're perfect. planning, planning to have this family training center in the family house and uh yeah, it's going to, well, hopefully it'll be ready there for this year's out. We hope.
0: I, I but, hope uh, so. As well. So that
1: is, that is an expansion and we want to work together with family and children's services. We have a very good, we're working relationship with the government and we want to expand this and open it and help them see the need and perhaps spread a center like this in other cities in Ukraine. So not just in yes. the capital of uh, Kiev. Sure. Yes. So that's our plan. Well, I think
0: yeah. I'll. I think that's a beautiful plan. And I love hearing that the, I would say the transitional housing aspect of it, but just allowing the, the family to come live there because that's not only do you have some right. oversight for, for the parental, uh, for the trainings, exactly. et cetera, as mm-hmm. far as how to, I mean, it's, it's great modeling as well to teach them ways in which to healthily interact with their child and to parent that's them in a the way that's the best that way. Is, it certainly is by role modeling. Yes. And you all are doing yes. a fantastic job yeah. with that. It's unfortunate because I know that once this, I don't want to say settles down because I don't want to minimize the, the conflict, that once this passes, there will be a lot, unfortunately, there'll be a lot more orphans. And so I'm so glad that Father's Care yes. will be there to be able to help them as well.
1: Yes, and I can see us growing by leaps and bounds. We have, of the eight buildings, two buildings. One buildings for the boys, one building is for the girls. Uh So I can see those buildings filling up quite quickly. Sure. Um, af- unfortunately, we yes. Get back, yeah, right. Unfortunately, yeah. But yeah. we have a phrase we're not saying. Someone says, well, what are you going to do when the war's over? I said, oh, no, we're not saying when the war's over. We're yeah. saying... What are you going to do when we win? When Ukraine <laughs> wins. So that's the thing. Everybody's kind of shifted to shift this positive Patriism attitude well. of when, okay. when we win. I like right. that. Yeah.
0: Yes, yeah. yes. I mean, that instills hope, that instills patriotism, and that instills yeah. so many different things. And once again, the yeah. unification of that too it creates, a, it creates a community and
1: a culture. Exactly, exactly. So we're praying to that end that, that God will help us and uh, we'll, this thing will be end and we will win because Ukraine yes. wants their help. sovereignty. Go
0: ahead. Yes, they do. With with your faith as a Christian, how is your faith, how has that helped you through a time like this when when it makes no sense? When it makes no sense oh. that this is happening, how is your faith? How is that really helping you and helping the community, helping the kids? How is that helping you find hope when there seems to be no hope?
1: If I didn't have my faith through this whole thing, I don't think I could have made it through, to be honest with you. Someone asked me just two days after the war started. Uh, what are you doing? And I said, I can only cling to Jesus uh, and trust him that he's going to help us. And then modeling that for the kids, they see my faith as alive. We've been through hard times before, mm-hmm. uh, but they've seen that my faith is alive. And, you know, when you model something, someone sees it and then they want that. So yes. uh, it's, it's only through our faith and trust in, in, in God and trust in Christ. And we're coming upon the Easter holidays, uh, mm-hmm. which is another good reminder. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, just uh, Jesus, he's, he's my only hope. And nice. I, I trust him. I have faith in him. And I believe that he's going to take care of us. And the kids see that. And many of our kids mm-hmm. also have learned to trust Christ in this relationship. Mm-hmm. So it's a good thing because they everybody everybody needs hope. And yes. you need to put your hope in something that never changes. And God never changes. Yes. He's always yes. the same today, yesterday, and tomorrow.
0: Yes, yes, he is. One of the great things I like about, well, if I can brag on my show for a second, is I have so many different listeners from all different walks of life. And some, you know, obviously amazing people like yourself um, and other people who are on my show and have different belief systems. And I, what I really appreciate about this particular story is regardless of what people believe or what their spirituality is or their belief system is, we can all get behind the fact that children need help. This amazing yes. organization, Father's Care, needs financial assistance. And so this is obviously not an infomercial, but it isn't so important because we all can relate with the pain of loss, the pain yes. of change, the pain that can be so difficult. You know, we, we've all had loss of our family members, either through death or through whatever it might be, but we can all get behind a beautiful organization like this that can help not only the community, that helps children, that inspires hope and all that as well. So I want my listeners of viewers who are listening to this to whatever your your spiritual uh, background is but to really understand that this is a fantastic organization that can definitely need mm-hmm. help to really um like i said instill hope in the children hope in in the community and to really give back to the to the ukraine in a way that is definitely needed so one thing i really wanted to do just before we wrap up is jane what would you what are things that my viewers and listeners can do right now to help fathers care
1: the uh, biggest thing would be to donate to us. And you can do that easily mm-hmm. on our website. It's fathers-care.org. And uh, one thing I will mention is I'm not on the bank account. We have a board that oversees it. So there's no way possible that I can ever touch the money. And that's good. I never mm-hmm. want to. But uh, <laughs> fathers-care.org. And there's a donate button. And uh the money will come into the bank, and the, and the board will distribute it to Father's Care, and we'll take care of the children. And what you were saying about different faiths, not everybody believes the way that I do, and that's okay. I respect however you believe because you are a person, God loves you, and that's my job. I love it.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And you do a fantastic job. Jane Hyatt, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on my show. You're welcome back any single time. I want my viewers and listeners to know that I highly endorse Father's Care and I definitely would like for you to go and donate and give back as much as you can. Jane Hyatt, thank you so much for being a wonderful, amazing guest on my show today. I truly appreciate it.
1: Thanks so time. much for having me, James. I will look forward to possibly being with you again when the war's over. Yes, when it's over. We'll celebrate.
0: I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today.